Hello and welcome to the Folk Music Podcast. My name is Anders and in this episode of the show I'm speaking with uh, folk singer and guitarist Matthew Byrne from Newfoundland. Now, as you'll hear in the episode, I'm a big fan of Matthew's work, uh, so it's a real treat for me to finally be able to have him as a guest on the show. Now, as usual, we touched on a number of different topics in our conversation, um, like the importance of storytelling within a folk song, um, how he goes about finding material for his albums, the relationship between a producer and an artist, uh, and we also talk about how he's been dealing with the whole COVID situation. And we also discuss our sort of different views on how to use social media as a musician. So uh, a lot of good stuff. Um, now, this episode runs fairly long, like way over an hour. But I've decided to keep most of it in there because I felt like we had a good flow to our conversation. So, um, yeah, that's it for the introduction, I think. Here is my conversation with Matthew Byrne. All right, so I'm here with Matthew Byrne. Thanks for coming on the show. Thank you so much for having me, Anders. Uh, I'm really happy to finally be able to speak to you because um, I'm a big fan, <laughs> as I've told That's you. That's nice to hear. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you you mentioned that on uh, you mentioned that on uh, on Instagram a few times, and I was mm. kind of thinking, how did this how did this guy discover me? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we tend to forget our music travels so far, you know. Yeah, <clears throat> and I was actually trying to remember that, like, how did I actually discover your music? Uh, and I think it was through uh, the wonders of the Spotify algorithm, actually, <laughs> through yeah, some uh, yeah. some playlist. Yeah. Um, but you know how it is. Like sometimes, like there's so much music in our lives now. But sometimes you hear a song or a piece of music that you instantly connect with. Right. Uh, and I think that uh, whichever song I heard from you was one of those songs, and I had to dig right. deeper and and I discovered uh, your other albums. And mm -hmm. as I said, I'm a big fan. Um, Great. That's awesome. I, I kind of have like a weak spot for that whole Irish Celtic uh, folk song tradition, which which you're a part of in a way. Absolutely, um, yeah. So, um, so yeah, I'm 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 always glad to discover new artists in that sort of world. Right. And I find that your album has a really solid production as well that I I'm really digging. So thank you very much. I'm curious you. to hear more about that. Um, yeah. Maybe the most important thing I think that I connected with when it comes to your music is. I find that you're a great storyteller when it comes to folk songs. Thank you. It's uh, certainly, that's the most important. That's kind of where it all starts for me. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Story, that's interesting it's to hear that. Storytelling first, and then everything it. else after. You know. Yeah. And uh, great. And it was. It's to. It's kind of. Um, I I didn't always focus on that in my and I hate to use this word but but you'll know what I mean in my branding or in my in my kind of um, promotional whatever I, I didn't really emphasize the storytelling factor as much until until I guess it was probably two or three years ago when I realized getting feedback from people and kind of getting audience you know having people say similar things to exactly what you just said which is I love the storytelling I love the storytelling and I realized that that's what drew me to it first and foremost when I mm. kind of all boiled it down. And that's what was drawing audiences to it was was just the the general – it's just part of human nature, I think, is our love of stories. You know, yeah. everybody across every language and every culture loves stories. And they don't have to be true, but, it, but you know, they, no, or they don't have to be, you know, uh, necessarily historically accurate or whatever, but um, – there, there's a there's a love of stories which is kind of uh, it's it's to me like the love of storytelling is part of the human condition you know and sure. 
and 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 I, I was doing this before uh, for a few years before I realized that, and, and then it's that's it, it was my realization of that which made me realize, okay, I'm I'm Matthew Burns storyteller, tr- you know, storyteller guitar player, you know, traditional singer storyteller guitar player, but I, and and I started to kind of build that into the way I I, I put myself out there, and I'm glad I did because. Um, it became, I think it became clearer to people what I was doing, you know, yeah. it wasn't just some guy who was just singing random songs. I, I, I was telling stories and that exactly. I, th- stories that I happen to have a connection to. And of course, that's another thing we can talk about, but, but yeah. So when you say the storytelling thing, it's kind of like, it's always vindication for me to hear that because, <laughs> because it's important to me, you know? Great. <clears throat> so this is definitely something I want to like drill a little bit deeper into, but before we, we do that, could you maybe just quickly for people who aren't already familiar with you? Uh, mm-hmm. Just introduce yourself, where you're from, uh, how you got into music, perhaps. Um, right. Just so um, I'm a well, I'm a traditional singer, a storyteller, guitar player, and bazooki player from uh, from Newfoundland, in uh, on the far east coast of Canada. Um, so Newfoundland is the most easterly easterly point in North America, um, and uh, <clears throat> it's an island in the middle of the Atlantic, and in a lot of ways geographically. We're a lot closer to Europe and to, you know, the kind of the Celtic world. Um, and, and culturally and historically, we're a lot closer as well, considering that we only became a um, a Canadian province in 1949, which is relatively recently. Mm. So, um, you know, for that reason, the... the the music uh, and the songs and 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 the the, the musical styles in uh, in in Newfoundland are, are a lot more English and Irish and Scottish uh, and in you know certain flavors of Scandinavian I'm sure um, and French they're a lot more of all of that than they are Canadian really you know because okay. we're a new Canadian province and and the the Canadianness in the Newfoundland identity. Is a, is a fairly new thing when you think about it. And so, uh, so much of the, the music that I sing as a traditional singer and as a lover of, of, of traditional songs and, 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 and those kind of, that repertoire, um, kind of comes from the old world, you know, uh, and, uh, you know, it, 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 it was stuff that was brought over to Newfoundland when people came to Newfoundland in the, you know, in the 1700s and 1800s, they came from England, England and Ireland predominantly, you know, these were fishing ships that, that came to, to first prosecute a fishery, which was seasonal. And then these people started to stay, you know, and these people brought their, their music with them. Mm. Uh, and so the music, so much of the traditional music repertoire that I draw on as a performer is, is, uh, is kind of, um, it's historically kind of, you know, drawn from, from, you know, more from where you are <laughs> than where I am, you know? Yeah. And, uh, and, and so that's interesting because, uh, the, that place, that place is Newfoundland in, interestingly in a kind of a, an in-between place where it's, you know, it's, it's obviously a Canadian, it's, a, it's part of the Canadian folk music world, but it's very much historically part of the, the English and the Irish and the Scottish tradition. And so it's a real melting pot of traditional music that, uh, that 
it's hard to put your finger on, you know. And so I'm a, I was born into, um, I was born into a family of, of many singers and traditional music lovers. And my parents were singers and, and song finders. And there's a lot of singing. There's a lot of folk music, um, traditional singing and, and song sharing that goes way back in my family and my extended family. And so, um, so much of the, fa the family influence of over my, over my repertoire is, is, uh, that's that's what's guided all of my recordings until now, you know, and uh, and so the idea of you know my musical identity or my identity as a traditional singer through family is uh, is a big part of what I talk about in my show. So that's kind of what I do in a, in a nutshell. Is that I don't know if that's a nutshell. That's as close to a nutshell <laughs> as I can make it, really. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm I'm also very bad at those elevator pitches. <laughs> Yeah. But um how how's the music scene or the traditional music scene in Newfoundland these days? Is there like it's a, very, a thriving scene? It's very, very vibrant. Um it's very vibrant. There's a lot of young people um playing music now. There's there's I mean there's more younger people playing playing, playing traditional music now in Newfoundland, I think, than there are older people, you know. And oh, really? I'm sure that goes for a lot of places. But um there's you know, there's young fiddle groups, there's young sessions, there's uh there's young, you know, young singers. It's, it's a very vibrant scene and, uh, it's, um, it's, it's great to see because, you know, I, I always talk about how for me, like I grew up surrounded by traditional music and I had a love of traditional songs and traditional music when I was really young. And I had a love of it before it was kind of in yeah <laughs> um and i remember being young in, in school you know in junior high and in high school and kind of i was just enjoying it unto myself you know and then mm. all of a sudden years later you 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 talk to these same people who you rub shoulders with back then and and they're into they're into folk music they're into they're into irish music you know and and they're playing in an irish pub band or they're going to sessions and those are the same people who you were afraid to open up about it to <laughs> yeah years ago you know? <laughs> Yeah, it seems to be uh, a bit more uh, in vogue these days. Like, uh, yeah, it absolutely is. I think there's a, I, I mean, there's a whole lot of reasons for it. I don't know what the reasons are, and I'm sure everybody has their theories on that. But uh, uh, it 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 really it really has become as much the domain of uh, of our generation and even younger. Um, yeah, than, it's it's getting cool again in a way. Yeah, it's and that's what I mean. Like I, I remember thinking when I was in when I was younger, you know, when I was in school and 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 listening to all of these like really nerdy trad records that my folks had, and I was keeping it. I was, you know, I was I wasn't mentioning anything about it because I was thinking, oh no, that's not what, that's not what any any of my contemporaries were listening to. And exactly. I mean, to think that there was a time. It's so hard now to to picture in in the in light of what it's become. It's so hard to picture a time when I was not open about it and when I was not as as kind of. I don't know, proud or whatever you want to say, but it 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 was it wasn't it wasn't as cool at the time, you know. No, it makes me feel it makes me feel old. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's, because let's, uh, let's not you know, I'm only thirty five, but uh, well, you know. I'm thirty three, so yeah, it's and and I mean, and how long do we get to say that we're the young people doing it? <laughs> yeah, like uh, young and promising. I don't know how long. Mm. <laughs> I know how long does that get part of our our bio? No, <laughs> let's let's talk about something else. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But just to get back to the storytelling aspect of your music, uh, as I said, that's that's really. Uh, I think that was the main thing that grabbed me uh, with uh, your your music. 
in mm-hmm. that um, I felt like you're not just singing the words in a pretty way. You're actually right. telling the story, and and I can tell that you've been thinking a lot about uh, the content of the song. Um, I, I find it so interesting when people say that because I have. I think about I think about the songs and I think about the story and how to deliver it and. I don't just think about it. I overthink it. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> like I, I get obsessed about it. I, I, I love it that much that I, I really want to make sure that this, that the story comes through and, and, and I, but I still don't know exactly what I'm doing to make that happen. I guess it's just a feeling of respect for the story that seems mm. to, that seems to get across in the way I record them and the way I put them on a, on an album, you know. Um, I don't know if you know what you, but you, like it, it. It seems like you you kind of feel the same as me. It's that kind of like thing that you can't put your finger on, but you know it when you hear it, you know. Yeah. <clears throat> but um, I mean, uh, like I, I, I'm a big fan of folk songs uh, for many reasons, but like, but one of the biggest reasons I think that there's usually always a story. Uh, mm-hmm. And and maybe it's also something about it being an old story usually that's been passed on through the generation, right, generations. Yeah. So, but how do you feel about do you do you sometimes think it's strange to tell somebody else's story? Do you know what I mean? It, it's kind of di- different from like being writing songs about your own emotional life, which is most what most people do. Yeah. Uh, but as a folk singer, you're usually telling someone else's story, maybe. Yeah. I don't find it weird now because I've just been doing it for so long and I've, and I've, I'm just, I'm comfortable with my ability to interpret a story that's not necessarily my own. Um, I, I, I think I've always kind of seen, um, being a traditional singer as no less legit or no less um, of no less value than than you know singer songwriters. Um, I, I feel like being the carrier of the message is is important, you know, and and the way you can make somebody make somebody feel with a story. It doesn't necessarily have to be your own story. Um, I, I've I've become very comfortable with my um with my instincts when it comes to taking a traditional song and doing it justice you know mm. um i always use that uh, i always kind of speak of it that way like it's uh, to me there's 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 something beautiful about a traditional song that makes it last through, through the generations you know and i think there's something beautiful um there's something intrinsically beautiful about the turns of phrase or the melody or the combination obviously of the two mm. uh, w- which allows it to kind of be loved by you know any in any across you know places and people through time you know it allows it to last it allows it to last in a way that um you know that songs in the key of me uh you know we, a friend of mine said that to me one time he said that you're not just singing songs in the key of me you know you're you're singing uh, you're you're singing you know songs with with me with meat on the bones and songs that are, are you know stories that you know universal truths and all these kind of things um, there's something about it that makes it last. And so I've always looked at it. I've always kind of taken those and I, you know, it starts with my love of it. Uh, whatever draws me to it, whether I'm drawn to the melody first or the, or the, 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 you know, the lyrical qualities, the, the, the interesting turns of phrase, it kind of starts with that. And I, and I, and I, I try to take what is intrinsically great about it that I think has made it such a good song that's made it, you know, survive 
and I try to draw that out, you know, mm. and I, and, and I think one of the things that I do, uh, or that I'm careful to do, or, or I should say I'm careful not to do is to, is to get anything in the way of it. You know, like I don't want to put too much in the way of the story. I don't, if it's a story, if it's a beautiful love story, or if it's a beautiful story of, of, of lovers reunited or, or something like that, I don't want to get in the way of it with, with too much arrangement or too much instrumentation or too much, um, you know, harmony or like, I feel like this, just the telling of the story is first priority. You know what I mean? Mm. Like, that's the first thing I want to, I want to get. That's the only thing I want to get right. If I'm going to get something right, everything else should, everything else should come underneath it, you know? Mm. And so that for me, the guitar playing is a supporting role, you know, and, and, and any instrumentation or any arrangement is just a supporting role. Mm. And there's a reason why I love singing, uh, unaccompanied songs is because sometimes I feel like a song is just so damn good in its own right. You know, it's so, it's so, it's so good with the melody and the, the melody and the, uh, and the storyline or the melody and the turns of phrase are able to stand alone, you know? Mm. And to me, like showing that they can stand alone and they don't need anything added to it is, is kind of a challenge I like to rise to, you know? Um, and so, uh, so yeah, it's, it's, it's not something that, um, it, it is something that I've, that I'm comfortable with doing. I don't know if I, I, I mean, maybe there is something about growing up and hearing these songs and being surrounded by really good singers and mm. noticing what they were doing, what made them a good singer, what made them be able to capture a room, what made, what distinguished the good ones from the really good ones, you know? Mm. And I really paid attention to the nuances of how those songs were delivered from a very, from a surprisingly early age, you know? Mm. And so I think what happened then was by the time I was in my teens and into my twenties, it was just an embedded understanding of it. You know, yes, like I, I had whittled down like what I liked and what sub, I knew sub, it should be. You know? Subconsciously in a way, like. Yeah, I think it is. I think it is subconscious. I mean, I, my mother, my mother said that my brother and I were, you know, we were humming traditional songs, um, you know, or the melodies to traditional songs before we were able to even speak, you know, before mm. we were able to, to, to sing them because we were still so too small. And uh, so there's something I think, I don't know what it is. I mean, I, I, you'd have to kind of really <laughs> study it on a kind of a developmental level, but I mean, or a neurological level maybe, but I mean, there's something about being surrounded by it lit- quite literally from the womb <laughs> mm. that, that makes it so that it's, it just becomes, it almost becomes part of your nature then to understand traditional songs or to know what you want to do with them when, when you find them or when you love them, you know, how to communicate them. It becomes something that you just do. It, you know, it's, it's almost like a language that you just learn. Right? That's the part of it that I can't really, um, that I can't really, I, I, I know something happens there in, in my brain that makes it, that makes it uh, something that's kind of just in me from, 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 from such an early age. What that thing is, I wouldn't be able to tell you. I don't quite have that. I, I can't put it into scientific terms. I can only put it oh. into how, how I feel terms. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's what we're doing here. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> no, I was going to ask you, um, like, um, do you ever find it hard to, to sing about these things that aren't maybe relevant or not that they're not relevant, but all these old f- songs from the Irish Celtic tradition, they're usually, well, some of them are about like universal topics, but some mm-hmm. of them are set in an environment that are maybe um, unfamiliar to us in the mm-hmm. modern era, maybe. Uh, I'm asking this question a bit clumsy, but... Do, no, no, do no, you know I, I, mean? I do know what you mean. I think I know what you mean. Uh, the, 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 I think the thing that makes that not... Uh, the, the, the thing that makes that... Um, 
a comfort zone for me rather than foreign territory is I, I studied as a as a as a history student you know i did my masters in, oh, really? in history and and i and and so i have i have a masters degree in history and i have a fair bit of training in in understanding uh sources of the past you know mm. and so i've always not always but more and more as i've gotten older and especially after that kind of um after that kind of training and 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 having done that and and focused on it and studied it studied it I've really come to understand traditional songs as uh, as historical sources, you know. And so a song about the Napoleonic Wars, you know, while it's not my song, it's not my it's not where I'm from, it's not about where I'm from, it's not about something I was involved in, it's not about it's not about an event relevant to me or or that I uh, have any kind of connection to. It's me as a historian using a traditional song to mm. understand a little bit more, whether it's, you know, on a social history level or whether it's on a political history level or whether it's on an economic history level. It's me using a traditional song then to uh, to understand the Napoleonic Wars, you know, mm. and uh, – or if it's a song about the Irish famine or if it's a song – I mean, I sing a lot of songs that are about things I know as well. I sing a lot of songs about, you know, Newfoundland history or Canadian history or, uh, you know, North American events – but um, but in the case of ones that are kind of far from home and and, and you know that I that I don't have any kind of family connection to or personal connection to, uh, that's when I'm I, I kind of step into the shoes of a histor- of an historian who's who's basically, um, and I didn't I didn't always realize that's what I was doing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like I, I I don't think I was I don't think I thought I was doing that when I was twelve. I, I think I just thought like what a beautiful song, what a beautiful yeah. melody. I love that phrase. I love that phrasing. I love those words. Um, but more and more I've come to realize now that what's drawing me to these songs and what's making them, uh, resonate with me is that I'm, I'm, they're windows into people's lives. They're Mm. windows into how people lived, how people loved, how people communicated, how people talked, how people worked, you know, late labor history. They're, you know, they're windows into, into, um, you know, if I'm singing a song about, you know, somebody who worked on the water their whole life. Well, you know, I didn't work on the water and that gives me a glimpse into, into their their type of work, their day to day, and and we can maybe still like even though I don't know anything about uh, like uh, being being a sailor, I can still right. maybe relate to the the emotions of that character in in the song. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, because they're absolutely, universal. and I think you know, like a lot of those, I often um, think of. of like the parallels that you, because I mean, that's why people love the story. That's why people love storytelling because in any story, there's going to be something relatable mm. to, you know, to just you as a human being, you know what I mean? Sure. Um, and in the case of, so, like there's so many, you know, sea songs about being away at sea and missing home, missing your loved ones at home, missing, you know, missing family or, or, or missing your, 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 your wife or whatever. Um, and there's so many of those songs, those, and it's it, you know, obviously to the point where it becomes a cliche, but cliches are fine. Mm. Um, and 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 there's you know, there's so many of those songs that are about that that sense of longing. Well, you know, when I became full time touring musician who had to go away for you know weeks and weeks and weeks at a time, then I was able to kind of understand like some of those songs actually resonated with me in a little bit of a different way because I was yeah. kind of thinking this isn't just a cliche. This is a way that people who work for, away from home feel. You know, mm. this is a way that. This is a this is a feeling that they have to grapple with, you know, mm. and uh, 
And, you know, I mean, the, 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 the classic one is, is, you know, the sailor who's away at sea because they're typically away for so much longer. Sure. But I mean, there's lots of jobs that take you away from home when you, for longer than you'd like to be. Mm. And so, uh, so then that becomes a bit of a kind of like those stories tend to kind of resonate with me more because they, they draw my attention to something that I'm going through, you know? Sure. Yeah. And that's, that's also always like a beautiful feeling when you can actually relate to the the emotions in in the song that's 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 yeah. what does it for me anyway like uh, that's the songs that stick out to me that i hear uh, on over and over and over again because i feel it's <laughs> almost about me in in in, in to a certain yeah. degree you know what i mean yeah well it's i think that's why people love traditional music is because you know the 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 target audience becomes anybody who likes a story who wants mm. to sit and listen to a story that's quite literally the the only criteria to <laughs> to enjoy it is to just be somebody who's happy to listen to a story mm. and uh and you know I'm the type of person who loves those stories to be put to a beautiful melody you know <laughs> yeah um but um but yeah there there is something relatable in those songs and I think a lot of people who a, a lot of people, um, they when they when they're not f- familiar with traditional songs, they and and you can tell when they're hearing for the first time that this is a whole genre of music that has something that in it for them that they never knew was there, you mm. know, because uh, they're listening to those songs and then because every time so, like I you know I, I sing a, I sing songs that come from specific family members like great grandparents who I never got a chance to know and and I know when people are listening to those songs they're thinking of the type of lore that they would have gotten from their grandparent or from their you know back in their family and so even that even just that concept even if the song itself uh, doesn't have a story that's relatable. I spend a lot of time in my in my shows talking about how these songs come to me and how how they how they make their way through people and places to get into my lap, you know. And in in a lot of cases, um, it's they come from family who I never people in my family who I didn't know or barely knew at all, and then got to know them a lot better when I you know peel back behind the song to learn about them because I traced the song back to them, and so. Even if you just, even with with that idea alone, you can tell when audience members are um, are taking that and saying, "Oh, geez, well, I have, you know, I have family who've given me, you know, stories, or they've given me whatever. Uh, not necessarily songs; it could be anything." And then they start thinking thinking about the type of things that they've gotten in their own family and mm. the idea of things being passed down from from a previous generation, and so that. That's a that's a narrative then that becomes relatable, you know. E- e- in addition to perhaps yeah, it's the, relatable the, on, on the narrative several levels in a way. Or yeah, I mean to me, there's every song is two narratives, right? It's mm. the it's the story about how the song, you know, how how I got the song, where it came from, and why I love it, and all that kind of stuff. But then there's the story within the song, you know. And and yeah. I always make sure to draw attention to both narratives because mm. if there's not something in one narrative for an audience member, there's going to be it in the other, you know. Exactly. And a lot of times the audience are more interested in the, in the story surrounding the song than they are. Like they're they're happy that you can sing songs that have lovely melodies and and lovely little stories, but. Uh, in in some cases, they're even more interested in in the idea of the song sharing. Yeah, yeah. I, I always love that when I'm on a concert with uh, with a yeah. singer that they kind of like, yeah, as you said, like let, let me into the whole the history behind the song, maybe how they how they discovered it, yeah. their own relationship to the song, perhaps. Right. But I was yeah. I was going to ask you like, how do you usually go about finding songs? Because uh, I I've heard some of the songs that you that you have on your albums. Uh, 
sung by other singers, but most of them I haven't really heard. Good. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> That's I'm what sure, I like to hear. <laughs> I'm, I'm curious, like no, I... how. <laughs> Always, it's a secret. <laughs> uh, no, it's 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 not. The reason it's not anything is because it's there is no. Uh, when it comes to that, I don't really have any kind of process. You know, uh, I, I get asked that question all the time, and I think one of the reasons people do ask it is because they notice that it, it that it's not necessarily all stuff that they've heard a million times before. A lot of it is, um, a lot of it is kind of, you know, somewhat new old, old songs, you know, mm. and, <clears throat> and, uh, um, I love, I mean, I should say, you know, I, I love the, the, the standards as much as anybody. I mean, I absolutely love singing, you know, the, the, the tried and true traditional songs that everybody knows, but when it comes to what I'm going to put my stamp on in the studio, I try to, I try to, uh, lean towards, you know, songs that I don't think have been heard enough, you know, um, and that could use another, another go around, um, or songs that haven't been, maybe haven't been heard at all. You know, I mean, I have, I have gotten stuff from, from within my family. I have gotten stuff from my mother's repertoire, for example, that I've just never found anywhere, which I just think is, I just think is, that excites me, you know? Um, but yeah, there is no, there's no real process. I think I'm just, I, I live my life on the lookout for songs, basically. I live, I live my life, uh, as a lover of traditional songs and as a lover of songs in general, um, I, I'm just, I'm always on the lookout or I'm always, ha I always have an ear open to songs that, um, that could be a Matthew Byrne song somehow. And in most cases, it's, in most cases, it's, uh, they're, tra they're traditional songs, they're old songs, but every now and then there is a kind of a more contemporary song that just becomes part of me or becomes my own or, or I, I end up developing a connection to or a connection to the writer or whatever and it just becomes part of my folk music repertoire but not necessarily an old song. No. But, um, but yeah, so there is no real, I don't spend days in archives dusting No, that's off, what I was going to ask you. Know? You, you. You don't seek out archival recordings or I mean, I like do. I, I, every now and then I'll find some, I'll find some treasure, treasure trove or I'll find some, you know, uh, and I mean, especially now with the online world, I mean, you mm. can, you can, you can get lost in rabbit holes and find, you know, and find great songs. Um, you know, I, I found a few songs for the last record. Uh, or the last couple records, I found a couple songs in the uh, uh, by going looking at all of the uh, all of the old Newfoundland and Labrador uh, folk festivals, which were oh, which nice. were which were all video recorded in the seventies and, and early eighties, um, and they were all digitized and made available through uh, Memorial University in in Saint John's, Newfoundland, um, and they were all so the, the, there's this basically this digital archive where they were all made available online, and I started watching all of these videos and seeing you know my folks and their contemporaries all singing nice. <laughs> uh, at these festivals, you know, and. Uh, and just through watching it, you know, I was watching it kind of half for entertainment and half because I was thinking, I'm going to find some stuff here I never heard before. And sure enough, I did, you know. Mm. Um, and uh, and so, you know, but that was just kind of, that wasn't me setting out to say, to see if I could find an archival no, collection. But it's, it's, that, it's like you, you said, know. like you, your mindset is that you're always on the lookout for a good song, like? No, I, 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 like my mindset is that I'm, I, I feel, I feel like as a lover of it and as somebody who just is, it's part of who I am and what I do, I feel like that part of my ear is always turned on. I wouldn't yeah. be able to turn it off if I tried, no. you know? And, uh, and so what happens then is you just get songs through, 
through living your life. And that's why it takes me so bloody long to uh, amass uh, a collection worthy of bringing to the studio. And it's the reason why there's like two and three years between my records, you know. Mm. And the music industry hates the way, or should anyway, or yeah, they, yeah, they, they should hate the way that I go about it because it's-, it's But that's something I've been thinking about with, with both uh, your most recent records. Like there's, there's no fillers there. They're all great songs. <laughs> <laughs> but really? but you know I I if if I could easily put a few fillers in and have a record out in no time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, that's that's what most people do, I suppose. Like, yeah. Well, I mean, I I I've always kind of felt that the traditional music world is a little more forgiving than the pop world. Oh when yeah, it comes for sure. To that. Yeah, definitely. I, I mean, well, I sh- I, that's an understatement. It's it's way more forgiving. <laughs> I mean, I can I can last. You know, I can make an album last a bit longer, um, you know, than I could if I was writing, you know, uh, writing these songs or if I was in the kind of the pop world or if I was, you know, folk singer, songwriter. I, you know, I, I, <clears throat> I'm able to kind of ride it out a bit more, but I really don't pay attention to, I don't pay enough attention, uh, I guess, to the idea of an album cycle and when, how come I don't have new material out. And and uh, I really feel like if I got hung up on that and if I was trying to put out a record because of a, a timeline, then the album would, would, would show it. It would suffer, you know, mm. the material would suffer. And, and, and it, it would be, oh yeah, Matthew's last album had three or four good songs. And, but I mean, I, I didn't like it from front to back, you know, well, no. you wouldn't because that's, that, that's, I didn't wait until I knew I had, uh, I had 10 to 12 songs that I was equally as excited about, you know? And so there's a stubbornness there with me that, can, it's my own worst enemy sometimes, but it's it's yeah. how I'm doing it, and I'm not. It's too late for me to change now. No, but it, yeah, it definitely shows good results. But but you have another <laughs> album in the works, don't you? I do. Yeah. Well, I was supposed to be in the um, I was supposed to be in the studio in June of this year. I was supposed to be in the studio in Sheffield, England, uh, making a new album uh, that was to be produced by um, folk guitarist Sheffield folk guitarist uh, virtuoso Martin Simpson All right, um, nice. and uh, that has been pushed now like many many things in 2020 um, it's been pushed I mean right now it's in the calendar for um, for well for January 2021 but it's very likely going to get pushed again at the way things are going with travel and everything like that yeah so uh, but it is going to happen it's just a matter of when I'm confident I'm fairly confident it's going to it's going to happen next year but I don't know when next year um, but anyway, so that'll be album number four. And I mean, it's been, you know, Horizon Lines came out in 2017. So like mm. I'm, I'm well overdue for a record. Yeah. And I mean, to be fair, I've had the, I've had the material for this record for at least a year now, you okay. know, and, uh, so I'm kind of looking forward to getting to it now because I feel like, okay, you know, I'm, 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 I'm ready to go in the studio. I don't want to, I don't want to sit wait too much longer. So the only reason now it's being delayed is because of things beyond my control, much like sure. everybody else. But as I said, I I also like the production of your albums. Um, Thank you. So do you, I'm just curious, do you, do you collaborate with the same people for every release or has it been like different sets of musicians and different well, producers? Well, no, it, it's it's been the same team uh, for, for all three, which is why the, on, with album number four now, I'm finally kind of, you know, um, really going out of my comfort zone, working with different players, working with a different producer. Mm. And, uh, you know, and I mean, I think it's time to do that. I really love the idea of, uh, I really love the idea of, of a producer and a, and a musician kind of, 
growing together mm. with successive albums, you know. And I think of, I think of some of the, uh, I think of some of the albums that I've, or some of the musicians that I've followed, the folk singers that I've followed, and 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 I've loved how it's how the relationship they've had with their producer has evolved over time. I think of somebody like, you know, like, you know, when Kate Rusby and John McCusker did several albums together, mm. you know, and, and it was that partnership that created this sound that became, that she became kind of known for, you know, and, and, uh, and I just love that. But I mean, you know, I've done that with three albums now. Yeah. And so I feel like that's good now. I think, I think, um, audiences now would be happy to see me try something new and, and work with somebody new and, 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 uh, put myself at the mercy of somebody else, uh, somebody yeah, else's it's a, it's uh, a kind good, of creative wisdom. Good way to put it. Like, yeah. it's, it's kind of scary maybe like, uh, Very. because you really have to trust the other person. Like they can really undo all of your good work <laughs> if they, yeah, well, <laughs> and, and, and you really have to trust. I mean, you're taking a chance, you know, and, and, uh, and I mean, I I worked with producer. I worked with a producer on all three of my uh, of my solo albums. Um, his name was Billy Sutton, and I mean, I can't say enough good things about Billy Sutton. He's a he's a brilliant musician and a brilliant producer. He's an amazing. I always say he's an amazing musical mind mm. to have to have in the studio. And uh, we really kind of developed a, a a great understanding of what each other was trying to do. You know, and uh, I, I you know he would nudge me to try to he knew when i was ready to kind of be nudged to try something different and he he was ready to try different things himself each time we went into the studio for a new record you know and so mm. we made three albums that really showed my growth as a musician but also his growth as a as a studio ninja you know and uh and so you know i i i, lo I really love that and, and i mean i had complete trust in him i had complete trust i i, I knew that you know if i if I couldn't be there and I said, listen, we're getting such and such in to do a, a low whistle part on this song. I, I, if I could be there, great. It, it'd be fine. You know, um, I'd be, I'd be happy to sit in the chair and just listen to it and maybe make a few suggestions. But if I couldn't be there, I could show up. I knew I could show up after the session, hear what he had taken, hear what he had chosen to use. I might have two things I might want to change, two minor things I might want to change. But other than that, it was exactly what I wanted because he knew what I wanted and he yeah. knew how to get that out of the musician. And so there's a trust there that's, that trickles, a, a trickle down trust, you know, that goes from me to him, to the players and to the people involved. And so throwing yourself into another situation, a different studio, a different producer, a uh, different, somebody who has a different, you know, not everybody has the same level of patience with certain things, you know, no. not everybody, you know, not everybody knows how to communicate as well. Not everybody knows when it's break time. Not everybody. <laughs> it's just the little tiny things. Right? Yeah, yeah. So like, I'm not worried about, I'm not even as worried about the music as I am about, like, I want it to be fun and, and enjoyable. I want it to be a really friendly, kind, uh, peaceful pro process. And I'm sure it will be, but it's still, it, it absolutely, it's, it's nerve wracking. Yeah. As, as you said, like, it's really important to establish that trust. Because mm -hmm. like I'm a, I'm a bit of a perfectionist in my own work, yeah, and, mm -hmm. and I have like and, a it, and it shows, Anders. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm sure it's, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. <laughs> but but I have like a handful of people that I work with uh, in music and also when it comes to video and stuff that I really trust. I trust their like. Uh, as you said, I trust them to make decisions without me yes. micromanaging everything, which I exactly. always tend to do. Yeah, but um, yeah. but so it's it's great when you finally find those people that okay. I trust that you you get what I want, uh, yeah. and I know what I can expect from you. And 
yeah so it's, it's really yeah. important to have those and relationships i, mean, I, I think I, I i'm gonna be i'm gonna be working you know this time around i'm gonna be working with people who've got an, an immense amount of studio experience and and, and an incredible just incredible skill and and all that kind of stuff and what i need to remind myself of is is that it is going to sound a bit different which was the which was the point you know it's not meant to sound just like my other albums and my other my all three of my albums have had you know there have been differences musically uh, you know a, a little bit from from each one but generally it's been it's been a type of approach to the songs that that i've that i've done with a um with a cast of characters who I've who I've you know, really know well and know what they'll do and and mm. uh, and that's good. But you know, in this case, I have to I have to know that I'm going to hear stuff that's going to be like, "Whoa, that's not what I was expecting." And then yeah. I need to realize, but it's not necessarily a bad thing. No, that's a good thing. No, I need have, to be to give it I need a chance, to be like, like you know surprised and interested and and you know yeah, yeah. come to love it the same way the listener will. Hopefully, yeah, and um, <clears throat> that's that's where I struggle because I'm always very skeptical whenever someone pitches a new idea. And I yeah. try, I try very hard not to show it, but I know right. it shows. <laughs> like yeah. new, new ideas just takes a little bit of time to develop in my mind. Uh, and I and I think there's something about the ear of a producer which is a bit different uh, from the ear of just the musician alone. And the people who can people who can do both very well uh, impress the hell out of me because I'm not I I don't consider myself a I mean, I can, uh, I have, I have good ideas. I have good ideas in the studio. I, I could certainly, and if you were to give me a, you know, a kind of a, an amateur recording artist who hadn't, who hadn't, you know, really recorded much, but had good skill and had good songs, I could produce their music. But yeah. I'm, I'm at the stage now where like, okay, if I'm, if I can do it that well, I want to put myself in the hands of somebody who's like a guru, you know, mm. <laughs> who's, who's totally, who, who's, who's just like, doesn't question anything about what they do, you know? And, uh, and then I feel like it's a winning combination then, but yeah, I, 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 um, I, I, I find myself really impressed by the, by the way these people can, uh, they're, it's almost like they're playing chess with the music. Like they can see, they can hear steps ahead, you know? Yeah. Like Billy would sit me down and, and, and he'd say, okay, well, here's what I'm thinking for this. And I would just have, because I trust him, but I couldn't mm. understand what he was hearing, no. but I trust him, you know? Mm. And so I would let him go and let him try it. I mean, it's, it's not like you have, it's not like you, you're, you know, you're ever to the point of no return. If you don't like it, well then, you know, yeah, you might've lost a few hours, but that's, that's no big deal. You know, you can always turn back, but it would be amazing for me to hear it and think, how did you know that that's what that was going to be in your yeah. head mm. like i know what my guitar is going to be in my head i know what my songs are going to be in my head i know what the bazooki is going to be like that but i mean a producer can take all of these layers you know a, a good a good producer can take all of these layers and know what they're going to be steps ahead without having heard them yet and, and even like how incredible. to record things and like uh because that's also a huge part of it i think like when it comes to the sound yeah, uh, like how like this is gonna sound like a more retro thing. This is gonna be like bright and polished, uh, and that's that's often thing that musicians struggle to actually verbalize themselves. Right, right, and I think that's where the producer is so you know is so important, right? Because they can and, and Billy would say you know Billy would always say like, well, let's just give it a try. Let's just give it a try because he knew he knew that he could achieve it. Uh, and, and, and he knew that if I didn't like it, it was because I just didn't like it. It's not because 
it's not because he didn't get what he was looking for. Uh, it's it's because it's because no, that's not that's not really what I what I like, you know. Um, but I mean, ninety nine percent of the time it would be because he knew my musical mind enough to know where you know where where he could reach a bit and where he where what bounds he should stay within, you know. And um, it's yeah, it's a weird thing to watch somebody to watch, and I that's what I always think. I always think of like how a chess player can see moves ahead, you know. Yeah, that's and, a good and, good analogy. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's 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 total. It's musical chess. It really is, and and a good producer can do that very well. So now I, I'm I try very hard not to make these shows too nerdy. Um, but could we just talk? Uh, we've al- we've already done that. Uh, well, well, absolutely. We've already, yeah. <laughs> I was just gonna. But say, go ahead, go ahead. I was just gonna say if we could just talk briefly about your guitar style. Um, so like, I, I mean, I dabble a bit in guitar myself, even though. Uh, like my main background is as a piano player or keys player, uh, but I started playing a, a bit of guitar lately, and uh, so oh, that's also what kind of interested me with your records because I think you're a very solid guitar player as well. As Thank you. Um, yeah, and, and when my I first, guitar style sorry, I'm just going to finish uh, my question. It's a bit long one. Oh yeah, okay. <laughs> so when I first uh, um, started listening to, uh, in the beginning, I thought you were playing a lot of finger style because you didn't, you don't really strum. A lot, um, no. <laughs> in the same way I hear like uh, many folk uh, guitar players drum, but yeah. you still have like a very crisp sound. Um, yeah. So when I, but when I s- watched some videos of you, I realized that you almost always play with a pick. Is, is that right? Yeah, yeah. I play with a really, really heavy, uh, a heavy pick. Um, uh, I don't have one with me here now, um, but it's a very, very heavy pick ma- uh, made by a made by a, a company called uh, Wegen W E G E N. Okay. Um, and I, they're they're quite they're quite commonly used. I know a lot of people who. But use you know Wigan how how thick? Oh God, um, I could tell you. I want to say, just to be even nerdier. Well, you know what? If we're gonna go <laughs> nerdy, let's go full full on. So uh, let me. See, because I ordered them. Uh, this this is really nerdy. Um, I ordered them from their website or from a, a, a music store, and so the little email should tell me which one I ordered. Like before uh, I got into guitar playing myself, I always hated when guitar players were like discussing picks and, and like, oh, this is from some rare torches or whatever. But yeah, but now, but, now, I mean, now I'm totally into listening. it. <laughs> They can just, you know, they can just, uh, okay, 2.5 millimeters. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Jesus, that's a heavy pick. <laughs> Sorry, for, you cut out on me there. Say that again. That's a heavy pick for like, uh, like one millimeter is the heaviest I, I, I tend to use when yeah. I'm strumming. <laughs> it's a very heavy pick. So here's my, I, I, and I mean, I never thought about what I was doing until people would ask me questions like this. And then you have to realize, okay, well, what am I doing? You know, because you just start doing things that work for you. And then you realize, oh, after years of doing it, I guess it's your style, Dennis. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, it's a 2.5 millimeter pick. It's a, it's a really, uh, it's a triangular pick. Like it's not, it's not that, um, it's not, I, here, look, let's just pause. I'll go grab one. Hang on. Okay. So, um, yeah, it's a 2.5 millimeter pick and it's, uh, there it is there. It's so for the YouTube audience, it's quite, it's quite thick. Um, and it's got a little, it's got the little groove, the little thumb groove and it's kind of got these little kind of like, um, 
these little indents for a little bit of grip on both sides. Hmm. And uh, it's it's got a weird kind of bevel around the. Um, I don't know how to show it here. It's got a it's got a weird bevel. But basically, if you were to Google Wagon Trimus two fifty T R I M U, this we'll, is as nerdy as I've ever gotten. Yeah, yeah. On, we'll, we'll put it in on, the show notes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, we'll put it in a problem. And so uh, you'll be able to see a better look at what it is. So I use a really heavy pick. And so I, I, I don't strum very much at all. It's very, it's, it's, it's finger picking uh, without the fingers. I do add in the fingers. Um, you do? Okay. You know what I mean? Like I hold the pick like that, but I do, I will add in uh, these fingers every now and then and I'll, I'll uh, and I, you know, that's something I subconsciously do. I didn't even realize I was doing it until it was pointed out to me. Um, and so my playing or my style is very much, um, it's, it's, it's very much giving every string it's fair play. You know, I, I, uh, I, l- I really like to let notes ring. I really like a lot of space in my playing. You know, I don't like. So do you, do you prefer uh, op- open tunings as well then maybe? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, uh, these days I'm pretty much going between, I'm going between, well, I play in standard a fair bit, but I go be, uh, for open tunings, I'm going between drop C, uh, which is um, C, G, C, G, C, D. Okay. Um, and I do a dag, I do dag gad and I do, uh, yeah, that's pretty much, that. that's the, the, the main open tunings that I, uh, <clears throat> that I do every now and then I'll, I'll drop a random string and just kind of find something that works for a song. But mm. those are the, those are the three tunings that I'm circulating. Like I, in an ideal situation for me, um, I would have three guitars on stage. I'd have a standard tune guitar. I'd have a, my drop C guitar and I'd have a, a dag gag guitar. Um, <clears throat> and, uh, yeah, it's, um, I'm very much influenced by, I, I, well, early on, I was very much influenced by my dad because he was a finger picker and he was a very gentle player. You know, he was, he was also somebody who never strummed the guitar. He played a nylon string, he played a classical guitar, but he played folk music on it. And, and, uh, <clears throat> he was very much uh, a very gentle player. And so I attribute a lot of my, um, I don't know, my control, I guess, mm. uh, to him because he was my first, he was my first understanding of how a guitar was played, you know, from a really early age, it was watching him play very gently and finger pick and letting, you know, like just in the idea of just individual strings, you know, ringing. Um, and so that's what I got to know. And my brother learned how to play guitar first. And then I kind of learned from my brother before going off and learning myself. And, um, yeah, it's, uh, uh, I, I, yeah, it's, it, I don't know. I mean, it's a, it's a very, um, I like to, I really like to kind of, uh, I like to have a lot of space and I like to have the, the, the guitar kind of, support the song and get in between stuff rather than competing mm. rather than competing with the song you know yeah no it's it's really interesting it's kind of in between listening to someone playing finger style and strumming that, that's, that's yeah well i mean it's there's a good my guitar is here this one is in standard tuning and <clears throat> but i mean i uh let me try not to get that chord um
So it's very much, um, uh, you know, it, it's very gentle and it's, um, it's, it, I, I try to be as steady as I can, mm. but, um, but even like whenever there's, whenever there is space, I, 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 I kind of, I never let it die too much, but almost let it die so yeah. that it's all, so that it's never like jarring with a song because the song has words, and I I don't I don't want the things I'm doing the what I'm doing is quite busy, mm. but but if I but if I do it if I place it right it will never jar against the song you know no. and uh, so yeah it's uh, hmm. it's a weird it's a weird kind of. Uh, interplay between the two that I try to get right so that the song comes first and the guitar comes second and I want the guitar playing obviously to be on display but I don't want it to be on display in such a way where um where the song fall, falls victim to it mm. you know? do you find it hard to sing when someone else is playing the guitar I don't know if I've ever done it no <laughs> apart, from, <laughs> apart from like apart from when I was little and my dad used to play and and sing uh, because I'm guessing the I, two are so linked in, yeah. in the way, you, in the way you, you play? Yeah, like the way I play guitar is like, it's almost like, um, it's almost like the guitar is the other singer of the song, you know? Yeah. And, uh, and so it's, it's almost like they, you know, they're, 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 they're meeting, they're meant to meet and mesh perfectly. And so, geez, I don't know if I, uh, uh, I mean, I do play in a band, um, a five piece group called the Dardanelles and, and, uh, uh, so there's, you know, but I mean, typically if we're playing a song, um, you know, there's a, there's a kind of a steady beat and, and the guitar is kind of following a, a, a rhythm. So it's kind of like, it's kind of foolproof, you know, but in terms of somebody playing like that and me singing over it, I don't know if I'd be any good at it. No. Yeah, well. <laughs> I really don't because I'm so used to where, like what I do being kind of subconsciously uh, woven into the song that if somebody else did it, I'd be like, no, don't do it there because yeah. I'm phrasing that. I'm phrasing that longer there, you know? Mm. And so, yeah, this, it's, uh, it's, there's a lot of stuff that t- for me is, I, I use the word subconscious cause it's the only way I can describe some of those things that I just do without, without thinking, you know? Hmm. So I see we're closing an hour now, so I'm not going to take up your whole day with this <laughs> nerdy It doesn't chat. take long. It doesn't take long to fill an hour when you start going <laughs> down those rabbit holes, especially when you get nerdy. Oh yeah. <clears> yeah. <throat> but I was just gonna ask, like, how how's the these last four to six months been for you? Like, since since the world collapsed in March, have you been able to do anything musically at it, all? Or? It's been very difficult. Um, uh, it's been, in some ways, for me in my life, it's been the best thing ever. Uh, while in other ways, it's been the the worst thing ever. Um, I have a eight month old little boy, hmm, uh, nice. and so this whole COVID nineteen situation has allowed me unexpectedly has allowed me to be home for the entire first year of his life, (laughs) which was never something I thought would be the case, you know, and I I spent so much of last year or so much when he was, when he, before he was born, you know, uh, when we found out about him coming along, I I spent so much of that time mentally preparing myself for something that I was going to have to do that so many people have to do and kind of goes back to what we were talking earlier about those people being away at sea, missing home, you know? Um, 
th- this whole idea of, of working away from him and being away when he's so young and not seeing certain uh, firsts, you know, in his in his early year. Um, and I haven't had to miss anything, you know. And so it's in that respect, it's been um, it's been amazing because I've been able to focus on family and I've been able to kind of step away from uh, step away from work to focus on him and to focus on family and to focus on, um, you know, adjusting to this brand new world of fatherhood, mm. um, which has been an absolute blessing. Um, but you know, there's also the, the other side of the coin, which is the, the, the uncertainty of all of this. And, and when am I going to work again? Where am I going to be able to work again? When am I going to be able to travel again? When am I going to be able to make this record? Mm. Um, That's the worst part, gonna, isn't it? Like how the, am I going to make uncertainty. money? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like if someone had told me, like th- everything will be miserable until Christmas, then it will be fine. Like yeah, we, we could have I been know. able to cope with that. But since we don't know, like this might last six months or six years, who knows? Like. Yeah. That's yeah. it makes it so hard to And that's the that's the hard part is the uncertainty now because I mean everybody's kind of preparing for this, you know, when it's going to when it's going to take its its second wave and where that's going to be most severe. Um the, the 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 hard part for me is that unlike so many other people because of you know becoming a dad and 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 having so much to do in that regard, I haven't been able to just set up shop and do the digital output you know, thing mm. the way I, I, I probably could have otherwise, you know, I'm, I have so many friends who've taken advantage of that and they've, they've, they've kept their brand as out there as, as, as strongly as ever, you know, and they've, and they've been, they've been putting out music and they've been recording at home and all this kind of stuff. I, I tried to do a little bit of that early on and when he was really, really young uh, and I just couldn't do it. <laughs> no. And and I just wasn't enjoying it because I was trying to fit it into such an already exhausting day, you know? And uh, and so finally I just kind of said, no, I'm, I'm not going to, I'm going to step away from everything now and I'm going to step back and I'm not going to be uh, on the, I'm not going to be on the radar for a while and I'm going to have to be okay with that. I'm, you know, you kind of have, to, there was a bit of kind of self-care that had to come into place for me where I had to kind of say I can't let the pressure to put stuff out there even though I kind of still could in a different way I can't let that pressure bother me and if if it works for other people it that's great it's not working for me this year it will eventually um and so I needed to just kind of really kind of put my foot down uh, for myself and kind of step away and say yeah you're 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 taking a break. You're taking some family time, and you're not going to be apologetic about it. And no. uh, <laughs> I no. had to kind of give myself a stern talking to, you know. Sounds like a wise choice. It's it's mm-hmm. something about like saying those things to yourself, like this is how it's going to be, and being mm-hmm. okay with that. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. I think, as you said, I think many people feel the pressure to like, and we're all on social media constantly, so we see it looks like everyone else is being super productive yeah. all the time, and we feel yeah. bad, like, oh, we need to like have all of these projects going and record songs and yeah. post and post and post, like, yeah. And I have the I have the ability. I mean, I have the you know I've I've got a decent recording setup, and I've got some gear that I've invested some money and some time into. But um, it's gonna have to wait. It's gonna have to wait until I can do it and enjoy it. Because if I'm doing it under the gun and just succumbing to the the pressures that I see to kind of you know uh, keep up with everybody else. Um, but I think that's, that's 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 the important part. Like not to try to keep up with everyone else, but just yeah. like focus on oneself and what's right for oneself yeah. in the moment. Yeah. 
Absolutely. And I think then you start to think, okay, well, what's it going to do to my career? Like, you know, what's what, you know, how our promoters going to see that and blah, 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 blah. But you just can't think about that. You no. just got to, you, you know, I think what will happen is that it'll give me a chance to step away and take a break. And then I'll go back at it with a new project, which I'm incredibly excited about. It's going to be fresh and new. It's going to be, it's going to be you know, uh, it's going to be very much not this day-to-day kind of in waiting. It's going to be new every day. It's going to be a different, a different uh, world, and uh, and I think the incitement of that and the 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 joy of doing it after having an, a much needed break is going to make what I make better. It's going to make the it's going to make my musicianship better. It's going to make me more enjoyable to listen to it's going to make me more excited to record it's going to make the songs better you know and so i think the the um i think the 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 benefit of that self-care uh remains to be seen but i think it'll be seen and i think i'll be glad that i that i did it you know that i that i was able to step away and that i forced myself to do so (laughs) and um because yeah, it's, the internet is a is a is a brutal place. You can really oh, for sure. you can you can really start to think that you're the only one <laughs> lagging behind, and 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 maintaining that perspective that everybody obviously everybody is only showing their their best their best side, you know. Because who's going to go on and show that nobody really wants to show their what they're struggling with, and uh, maintaining that perspective is uh, it's 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 hard when you know when times get tough. Yeah, it's it's kind of crazy when you think about that. Like we when we're just scrolling through the highlights of everyone else's lives like it has to yeah. do something to your brain or yeah. your, your yeah. like self-esteem yeah yeah and i mean that's in in there's there's challenges with that for for me um on two levels because i mean it's it's okay everybody's being an amazing musician who's who's taken who's you know uh, who's pivoting on with this whole thing and, and and doing something different and unique and creating from their home and 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 making homemade albums of this incredible music blah 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 blah, blah. home videos and all this kind of stuff um and then there's also like oh everybody's such an amazing new dad everybody's got it figured out you yeah, know? yeah. Every, it goes everybody on all, has all fatherhood right under their thumb <laughs> yeah yeah Right? <laughs> and, and so I'm looking at that and I'm kind of thinking, okay, I need to shut this off because this yeah. is just, this is just like, you know, this is just capitalizing on me being in a bit of a weaker place right now and making me think that, uh, and making me think I'm the only one in that situation. And, and you're, you're absolutely not the only one. Um, yeah. So I've, I've, I, I've kind of said, you know what, if this is going to have a negative effect on my on my brand or on my following, I don't think it will in the long run. I think everybody understands that you do what you do for you and, and you, you know, family comes first. And that's if you're going to put anything first and, and step aside for any reason, that's the most legit reason to do it. So, um, so, yeah, it'll 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 work. I try not to get too worried about it. Um and just hope that, you know, hope that it'll, <laughs> I mean, there's kind of power in numbers with it in this weird way where like I'm, when it first came on and when, when, when this first started to happen and, you know, you mean the, tours the were being canceled yeah. and gigs were being canceled, mm. you know, I, I, I found myself kind of like, well, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? You know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a self-employed musician. Like I can't, but then within 48 hours, I was like, okay, wait now, this is, I'm one of them billions of people who are going to be in this situation you know which is and kind so, of comforting in a way it is knowing it, it that, is comforting like, in a way <laughs> like that even that the two of us can bond over this thing like over the atlantic yeah. is yeah it's nice. almost like a misery loves company kind of yeah. thing you know <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah. yeah. But how but, how are you finding it, Anders? Like, I mean, you 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 have a fair bit more skill and, and ability in terms of the home studio side of things by the look of it. So you yeah, you, you, so you're fairly self sufficient, eh? <laughs> yeah. So I suppose I have like some strengths there to play off. Like, but mm-hmm. I, I've been fairly active on like uh, social media and, and the internet for a few years now. Um, yeah. Like building my brand, if you will, right. in, in yeah. that way. So for me, it has mainly been like a continuation of what I was already doing. Right. Um, yeah. But obviously all my gigs are canceled, which yeah. is a huge problem because that's where I got the majority of my income. Right. Yeah. Uh, but things are starting to kick off again now so yeah, yeah. I, i'm i'm optimistic but uh yeah it's definitely yeah. been and like like you said like the beginning it was a bit crazy because everyone was okay now everyone everything has to be online every yeah. like you have to like churn out videos and and like uh start uh, patreon accounts and crowdfunding yeah. and like yeah. find your audience online blah 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 yeah but <clears throat> In the end, in the end, I think it's so important, like like you said, like to figure out, okay, what's right for me? What do I want to do in this situation? Yeah. And try not to get carried away with what everyone else is doing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and I think, you know, I it's it's been tricky. It's been tricky a bit for for me because I I. I I don't, I'm not, in terms of like the, the, the online thing, I mean, I'm not one of those, I'm not one of those people who's really, really, really present on social media. I, I you know, everybody uh, who I work with in terms of, you know, uh, promoters and, and managers and, and, and anybody, they're always saying, oh, you need to do more of this. You need to do more. Of this. It's just, but it's, it's not really me. It's not no. really, um, I don't mind putting stuff out that I can, you know, polish and, and make, you know, uh, as presentable as possible. But in terms of just kind of off the cuff daily life kind of stuff, it's just not, it's just never been me. And, uh, <clears throat> and so I, I was already kind of like, oh man, like I really need, I really should be doing more of this social media stuff. I was already kind of feeling that way before this whole COVID situation. Mm. And then, and then this happened and I was like, well, now it's the only way it's the only option. It's the only yeah. thing you can do. And I'm definitely not going to do it because <laughs> no. I'm so preoccupied by life and, and, and yeah. this new, this new world I'm getting used to and family and all this kind of stuff. So, um, so I've really just kind of had to say, okay, well, that's just that's not how it's going to be for me. And and if and if that's going to put limitations on my, you know, if that's going to put limitations on my my brand or or my my reach, well, it's in the interest of mental health, you know, it really is. And yeah. so you do, you do what's comfortable for you, you know. And I mean, I'll I I, I do plan on doing some stuff, um, but um, you know, this isn't. There's still going to be time. I feel like I feel like the the. You know, I'm. I didn't like. I didn't do an online concert until you know about three months into this, and mm. uh, and I'm kind of glad that I almost waited until that wave of of people being flooded with online stuff, kind of mm. you know, because it really was a, 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 it was yeah, a real was a kind of peak in it there for comedic a while, in, in hindsight. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of and, and I, I waited until I well I watched a bunch of people to to see okay how do you how do you actually do this you know like. <laughs> And I, I, I managed to take the time to to try to make it sound and look a, a bit better than than if I had went at it right away, you know. But um, but yeah, patience is a virtue with that kind of with this kind of thing. I well, think. Yeah, sure. And uh, right now, but, but I mean, like speaking with, a, with 
sorry, speaking yeah. not only to you, but to any listener who might be feeling the same way as you do. Like, I mean, I used I used to hate social media until like a couple, three years ago, maybe. Uh, I mean, I had a Facebook account that I only used to stalk old classmates. But, and I, the same thing as you, like, I could never see myself just like sharing random bits of my life and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. But uh, for me, like, what, what made me like, go all in is that I I just found a way to do it in my way I think that right. I was comfortable doing and I maybe I, th- I feel like we're a bit similar in that I, w- I also want things to be a bit polished and nice yeah. looking yeah um, so that's kind of been a part of my brand the whole way I think like mm-hmm. I, I put a bit of extra time and, and attention to the details so, yeah. so and that pro- probably make it so that I can't push out as much as other people but mm-hmm. at least it's me still. I, I feel like yeah. it's me and I can stand for it. Whereas yeah. if you feel like, okay, this is not me. I'm just posting a selfie because my producer told me, then people yeah. are going to see through that and it, it's not yeah. going to work, I think. And, and I think because I because I don't I don't do stuff, you know, every hour on the hour or, or, or geez, every day or every week, um, you know, and there's nothing wrong with doing that. I'm not criticizing the people who do. I mean, if you're comfortable doing that or if you're good at that, I think it's a skill. I think some people are just better at it. They're better at capturing stuff and not having it be a big hang up that's going to take two hours of their day, you know. Um, but I, I think because I've kind of cultivated the situation where I, I'm, you know, my output is 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 kind of sparse, but it, but when I do put something out there, it's it's got a little bit more kind of thought into it maybe. Um it means that the stuff I am putting out there is, is you know, it's resonating a bit more and it's getting a bit more traction, you know. I mean, and there's, uh, there's, there becomes a bit of a kind of the boy who cried wolf syndrome when, <laughs> with the, with the social media thing where, you know, if you know you can see somebody all the time, you know, it's kind of, it's kind of like when I used to play the, I, I used to play the bars downtown in St. John's, you know, where I grew up and, and uh, I spent about three, four years doing that, you know, and, and I, it was great and I loved it. And, and, and it was, it was fun. And I was, you know, newly out of school and didn't have any, you know, real expenses. And I was able to just play, play the bars and have fun. And it was a phase of my life, you know, but it was never going to be something that I wanted to dedicate or um, base a career on because I realized very quickly that the idea of being able to see somebody anytime, week to week to week to week in the same place, um, is not going to give you any value, you know, and it's not going to, it's not going to allow you to <clears throat> eventually ask for more money or, or, or kind of, you know, be a bit more of a, of a brand that people want. It's just going to, all it's going to do is just keep you in a gig, you know? Um, and so, uh, so I kind of see some of the, I kind of see some of the social media stuff for me anyway, as the, as a, as a similar kind of thing, you know, I mean, if I, if I'm doing it all the time and people know that they can tune into me whenever they want, it's not going to give a lot of what I put out there any credence, you know? No, I think that um, that's, that's, that's the main challenge with that whole online thing. Like hmm. you have to do certain, do a certain amount of stuff to keep yourself relevant, but at yeah. the same time you have to find a way to hold something back. Otherwise, mm-hmm. why yeah. why would they pay you to to, to, yeah. to, to buy from your like exactly. go to concert? And or... I feel like I, I feel like for me, I'm a bit more comfortable with a less is more approach. Mm. Um, and other people have capitalized on doing the polar opposite. And so it all depends on what you're good at and where 
like you said, you know, find what works for you and then it'll show you, it'll, it'll, sure. it'll, it'll showcase you, you know, mm. anyway, we're <laughs> we uh, could this, go on for forever. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. I'm not going to keep you all day, but despite, okay. you, despite uh, you saying that you haven't been that active on the internet lately, like if people want to learn more about you and your music, where's the best place? To do that. I mean, I've always made sure to keep the website very um, up to date and uh, relevant to where I am in my career. You know, I, 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 I'm a website guy. I, mm. I, I, when I want to learn about somebody, I like to go to their website first. Uh, it's still not my, it's still not my knee jerk reaction to go check somebody's Instagram first, even oh, though that's, oh, it probably should be because mm. it's more, because it's more kind of current. But anyway, so yeah, you can find out about all my official information on my website and on my website, there's also a, um, a little thing on the contact page where you can just email me directly. I love hearing from people. I think that's just more of a real way to to interact with the with people. I love I love when people reach out with comments or questions or things that they that they were touched by or whatever, you know. Um and so uh <clears throat> I got I but to, to be honest now, I, there is some revamping of that that I have to do because I do have a live album that I um uh we've taken a recording um, and turned it into a live album um, that is ready to be released now this fall. And so I'm going to start kind of doing some more uh, social media stuff around that to kind of let people know that that's that, that, that that's just about ready to go out into the world. Um, and so, uh, yeah, um, you know, you can find me on Facebook, you can find me on Twitter, you can find me on Instagram. And, um, but, you know, like, as you've probably guessed, you're not seeing a whole lot from that these days, but I'll get back at it a bit more. Nice. <laughs> when I find that I'm way more active on those things when I'm actually working, like, you know, when I'm either recording or touring, as soon as I'm not, I kind of step away from it as part yeah, of stepping away sense. from, you know, from the, from the job. Right. But I'm happy you took the time to speak with <clears> me today. Thanks so much, man. It was great to chat. I'd love to. Uh, I'd love to collaborate if I'm ever over in your part of the world, and I, and I hope one day you'll find yourself over here sometime. Definitely, I'll uh, I'll make sure you get some gigs in Norway when this whole thing is. Yeah, over. absolutely. <laughs> and if you're looking to play anywhere in Newfoundland, uh, you just let me know. I'll uh, I'll make it happen. Sounds great. Take care. Right on. Thanks, Anders. See you. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Folk Music Podcast. As usual, if you want to learn more about the show, you can visit the show website at thefolkmusicpodcast.com. There you'll find additional information about each episode with links to various resources and video clips and things like that. You can also follow the show on social media. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and uh, YouTube at the moment. So hope to see you there as well. And finally, I would highly encourage all of you to um, go out and check out Matthew's music if you haven't done so already, because, as I said, I think it's pretty amazing. That's it for this week's episode. I um, hope you have a great week, and I'll see you all very soon for the next episode of the Folk Music Podcast. Take care.